The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous, saying, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers. The Gospel of the Lord. So as we continue in the Gospels, we continue through these woes that the Lord is now uh, kind of speaking out against the scribes and the Pharisees. But as we've said, he's doing it publicly for two or a few, several reasons, but the two main reasons. One is that he is now speaking out loud uh, to these whom he calls blind guides, right? So they are blind guides, meaning they are blind about regarding themselves, but also they are trying to lead blindly. They're trying to direct blindly. And so the Lord is trying to, through his own truth, he's trying to reveal their own interior to them. They've become blind to themselves, and the Lord is now going to make manifest what is interior to them for the purpose, as always, for the purpose of conversion. We have to remember that the Lord is constantly, as it says in the Scripture, it says he corrects those whom he loves. And that's the mystery here as well. He still loves these scribes and Pharisees that are around him. And it is, is, it is his love that desires their conversion. And so eventually, after his example and his preaching have not converted them, now he turns to this type uh, of rebuke, hopefully that their hearts might be softened by the piercing of his words. And so as one of the commentators says, I think I've mentioned before, he says that these words are like arrows barbed with healing. And so it is an attempt to pierce the hardness of the exterior of their hearts but only for the purpose of healing the interior. And so it's the mystery of Christ's mercy, which is that at some points it can appear severe. There can be a severity to his mercy. And it is when he meets with this type of obstinate, kind of closed-off attitude within the interior. And so he is now speaking to them, and we can see that in the first reading today, we can see the difference between good shepherds and unfaithful or bad shepherds. So we can see that in the gospel, we are looking at the scribes and the Pharisees who are completely self-seeking in terms of their service of others. They want what they want, these other things. They want uh, what these positions bring them. They want earthly goods. Where you can see in the first reading with regards to St. Paul, it's the complete opposite. He says, we labored night and day, so we would not be a burden to you when we brought the gospel message to you. And so St. Paul is this example of someone who has freely received and freely gives. And so what he does is he is this beautiful example of what a good shepherd should be. And in the gospel, we have the example of what they should not be. And so the Lord says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, 
hypocrites, hypocrites. And so it is this, again, as uh, one of the commentators points out, uh, Erasmo Levermeyer-Karkas, he draws here specifically from the insights of St. Bernard of Clairvaux uh, with regards to hypocrisy. So remember, St. Bernard had uh, that vision of the church and of the beauty of the bride of Christ. And that vision that he had of the church then gave him a real zeal to purify the church of God, uh, especially from the things which plague the church of God. Uh, he lists out those three main things which generally war against the church. The one is persecution, the other is heresy, and the other and the last is hypocrisy. And so in his time, he says, thankfully, we don't have persecution and heresy anymore, but we have hypocrisy. Unfortunately, in our own time, as the commentator pointed out, they all seem to have returned, right? They all seem to have come back. And so, but what he says, though, with regards to hypocrisy, he gives quite a profound definition of what hypocrisy is. And so he says, hypocrisy, if I remember correctly, hypocrisy, it's, he says, it comes from, uh, it comes from a type of um, ambition and it dwells in darkness. And he says, it hides what is and it deceives with what is not. And so it is this activity that he says that can creep, especially into the church, as we can see uh, from the gospel today. And he says it is a hypocrisy which can creep into the church, but specifically into the leadership. And so what St. Bernard of Clairvaux says, he says that it can also then become a type of network of, uh, of support with regards to this type of hypocrisy, uh, which I think we've unfortunately also seen uh, in our own days, specifically if we think even with regards to the things like the scandals and the church and the cover-up and all that kind of things. Right, so this type of uh, activity that needs purification, needs to be cast out of the church of God. Um, and so also you can see that this is the Lord's own desire with regards to his people, especially this casting out of the poison that can be hypocrisy. And so it is this what hides what is and deceives with what is not. And so what the Lord does is he now manifests their interior. And so he says, you are like whitewashed tombs. And so it's interesting. One of the commentators says that in these two woes, we can see that all of their work surrounds death and not life. Even their own interior is a work of death. And then afterwards, he says, woe to you, you adorn the tombs of the prophets. So it is kind of like this fixation on death in a certain sense, in that their own interior works are works of death and their exterior works are works of death because they have cut themselves off from the author of life, Christ himself, who stands right in front of them. And so they have this ignorance with regards to their interior. And so the Lord calls out this hypocrisy with the hope of conversion. He says, you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. And so it is this manifestation that the Lord is making for the sake of their conversion. And then what he says is, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous, saying if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in the shedding of the blood of the prophets. This is a common human fault. It is to look back on history and to, again, whenever we see any type of conflict in history, we immediately assume that we would have been on the right side. And what is more statistically probable is that we wouldn't have been. We would have been on the wrong side of history at many and multiple times. And so this is something that, especially after the Second World War, you can see a lot of authors like Alexander Solzhenitsyn 
that was his kind of cry, which is that people were saying, uh, oh, well, we would never fall into a type of uh, decay of society as they saw in Russia or as they saw in Germany, and we would never participate in all the evils that went on in those countries. And what those writers like Alexander Solzhenitsyn was pointing out is that that type of decay is a slow slide into decay. And he was saying that almost everyone took part. And so it is not something that we can distance ourselves from, especially when we look back on history. Uh, it is better for us to assume, because of our human weakness, it's better for us to assume that we would have been on the wrong side and then attempt now to live on the right side, attempt now to work, live a life of deeper conversion. And this is also particular to the life of Christ and the time of Christ. Often we can look in the scriptures and what we might do is associate ourselves with all of the ones who love Christ. Maybe we associate ourselves with like, at, especially at the time of Christ's passion, with Veronica or these ones who maybe assist Christ or Simon of Cyrene. But it is better for our soul to assume that we would have been in the crowd crying, crucify him. It is a better act of humility to know our weakness, to know our inability, to know our capacity for evil, but with the purpose of contrition and conversion. So that's the point of what the Lord is trying to portray to them here. He is saying that they judge the past wrongly. Oh, we would never have taken part in the death of the prophets. The irony is that they will kill God himself, right? And so they will do what is worse than what they judge their fathers of doing and what they thought they would never do, they end up doing worse. And so what happens is that their ignorance of self leads them into what is worse, which is why St. Teresa of Avila says that one of the sure guides of the spiritual life is proper self-knowledge, a knowledge that knows our weakness, that knows our capacity for evil, not that we then despair, but that we then turn with contrition to the one who is the source of healing, the source of sanctification. And so self-knowledge is what we must pray for, a knowledge that comes in humility, knowing who we are, but then also knowing who he is, so that in knowing ourselves, we turn to the author of salvation, the one who is the source also of healing and mercy, and that he can then sanctify us. Amen.